It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last week, you were treated to my takeaways from the Internet Retailing Conference. So I hope that's given you lots of ideas for your plans for 2017. This week, though, we're back to interviews. So let me introduce you to today's special guest. John Butt is the owner of Fire Protection Online, a site with everything you need to keep your business current with the latest UK fire regulations and fire safety information. The business has been around since 2007 and now turns over £2 million a year, processing about 100 orders per day. Hi, John. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Very good, thanks. Brilliant. Well, I've just given our listeners a really quick overview of you and your business and where you are at the moment. So how did you get started off in e-commerce all those years ago? Oh, gosh. Well, in I originally started uh, back in the old days as a door-to-door cold calling commission-only salesperson oh, wow. and uh, built up my own business, uh, you know, became a business owner and apparently became an entrepreneur. Um, and built up a business and eventually and it, it was doing okay but uh, I didn't like running the business so I sold it in 2003 and sort of retired uh, before I was 40 but being you get quickly bored <laughs> in that time <laughs> and so I had to do something else so I moved online at, at that time broadband was coming in and things were a lot a lot easier I looked at online and did some internet marketing and then eventually because I, I could put together websites quite easily uh, via outsourcing and so on. And I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll put together fire extinguisher um, e-commerce sites and and sell them to my old colleagues and friends in the fire trade. And, nice. and I was living in France at the time. Uh, and and I, I did the first one and, and put it together. I decided to put a full working model together. And... And it started selling stuff, and and then it started selling more stuff, and then more stuff, and 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 lo and behold, I'm that's why I'm I accidentally started again, and that and that's what I'm doing still. So you were building the model to sell it to others, put it live, went, oh, this is quite good. I think I might just keep it for myself. Yeah, it was. I just thought if I build one of these, have a working model, sell one, make another, sell it, make another. I thought easy money, but um, but yeah, the darn thing kept selling stuff. <laughs> and what uh the best part of 10 years on it's doing pretty well uh yes we I said I, at the time i was in france we'd gone over there throwing the kids in a french school just to annoy them and and uh and i was drop i had to make arrangements with people and and one of my old suppliers was drop shipping for me from the uk but they don't drop ship and eventually they complained because it was keeping this sounds ridiculous they were too busy <laughs> um, with our stuff and they were charging a premium for drop shipping it so we had to uh up sticks and go back home and get a store and do it I, I was doing it myself i was packing and doing everything and and quickly outgrew the little store that could only fit three pallets only could only take a delivery of three pallets um and i was selling a lot of stuff so with, so it was at the point very early i actually bought a, a build had a building built on an industrial estate that we bought 
and we're still there now. Wow! So, so the re- so you came back to build a warehouse system because you couldn't get do- get uh, dropship anymore. Yeah, it it wasn't the the trade is not geared for that. They're a bit old fashioned, um, and uh, and they're just not geared for it. And they weren't geared for it. In, in fact, I remember speaking to people I knew, old suppliers, and and I remember a couple saying, "Oh no, we don't really want to supply internet companies." And and uh, you know, years later, we're one of the biggest. We would be like half their half their business, but but they didn't get it. But uh, but yeah, so I'd come back and in effect do it myself. Did you find any um, any good benefits from starting to do the postage and packaging yourselves? Was it did that help with customer service, or, or was it at that point it just didn't make too much odds? Yeah, in. Well, for one, if if we didn't have it, because I, I was delivering next day. So if you order up to two o'clock, you'd get it the next working day. Um, if we didn't have it, I, could, I would know straight away. I could call someone and let them know. Whereas generally, um, if the drop shipper didn't have it, they wouldn't tell us. And we'd find out when the customer didn't get it. <laughs> uh, so that for sure. And and the and packaging stuff together, uh, uh, when we used the dropship, we had other suppliers and uh, stuff would come from, say, two or three different suppliers, possibly, because most people order multiple things in our orders. Uh, putting it all in one package or, or one shipment made it a lot easier. And just being in control is uh, is preferable. OK, cool. We talked quite a lot about the, how, how the business has come together. And so do you want to tell us a bit about how it is at this moment in time? Because I said in the intro that your UK fire regulations and fire safety information, does that mean you sell purely UK or are you overseas as well? Well, one of our major products is fire extinguishers and they are pressure, uh, in shipping terms, they're technically pressure vessels. And so it's very difficult to ship them over water and overseas even in the uk getting them to um shetland channel islands ireland uh, you know places like that is very difficult so it so we don't we don't profess to ship overseas but but customers do come to us from all over the world uh and so we won't sell fire extinguishers if we can sell it overseas we'll set up the shipping but it's quite expensive um and so we don't try to so just the uk and we sell things like so, like extinguishers, safety signs, smoke alarms, fire door stuff, everything you could possibly imagine for fire and safety that helps you comply with the regulations. Excellent. And I'm guessing in 2007 it was a pretty bespoke site, but what is it now? It yeah, it, it's actually not a lot different. Uh, we've we've done testing at, at the time. It was it was based on, or it is, it's based on Xcart. And mm-hmm. and it still is. Um, it has is evolved, but not a lot because it was when I set it up. I looked at. I thought to myself, in this in a similar way to you know, all supermarkets are set up in the same way because there's a yeah. there's a process to it. I thought, well, what do people recognise? What are people used to? They're used to Amazon. So I set up my site to look very similar to Amazon. At the start, it was the same exact same color codes in it the same red and the same yeah. yellow they use blue now but uh uh and i i couldn't understand why no one else had thought of that because people knew how to use it and and over the years it's evolved a bit with testing but people like our site it just works and so some people look at it and think oh it's a bit old-fashioned but we can't make it any 
perform any better. And so <laughs> it's just uh, it's just bigger and more of what was there at the start, really. I love that you said you based it on Amazon because I was I was about to uh, to explain to the listeners for those of them who haven't seen your website yet that if you imagine Amazon about five six years ago. Um, in the yes, nicest done, possible done way that's that's kind of what it looks like isn't it but but you're in a marketplace where it's all about the detail isn't mm. it it's it's not about swishing images from left to right it's to service business people who quite frankly probably want to be doing something else other than making sure they've ticked the fire safety boxes actually you've just summed it up we we have uh people think oh gosh what great thing to sell but it's actually what i call a grudge buy people are forced to buy it they would not choose to buy it no one expects to have a fire if there wasn't a regulation, they wouldn't have it at all, generally, or they'd buy it just after they had a fire. And so people don't want to buy what we sell. And when they arrive, they need it to just be functional and to be able to find what they need to find out if it is what they need and just get on with it. If if they were buying a, a new iPhone or a, a plasma or an L, LCD TV, whatever they are now, they, yeah. they spend hours, hours looking around. But not for fire extinguishers. <laughs> so, um, so you've developed that website over time. I know there's a couple of widgets and plugins you've got in there because you've got reviews on the site, haven't you? Are there any other? Well, much of um, so the reviews we have again, you might notice look similar to the way Amazon do it. In fact, <laughs> very similar. Uh, and I use Xcart's in-house tech team, a tech support team, to do all our. Um, all our upgrades and all our little add-ons because when they do it it's future proof it works with their upgrades and they're actually very good and very cheap and it, it just i just know it's going to work but from outside stuff ooh, not really we we have one called user stats do you know that one no um, i don't think i've come across that one if you if you go around the website you see a little sort of thing appear in the bottom left i think that says uh that we've something like 10,000 people have bought from this site this year and the last order was 30 seconds ago or something like that. That's that's from an organisation called User Stats. And it is actually genuine. A lot of people think that's just made up, but it is actually live and it is actually genuine info on it. Um, that was a, a good conversion um, optimizer, and to the point that we're actually featured on the home site of homepage of their website, I think. Oh, that's wow. a good example. Because I was going to say, I, that's the sort of thing people should be putting in place to go, yeah, other people are buying from here. It's active. Mm-hmm. Loads of people think this is the right, right place to buy from. So therefore, you should too. All that yeah, it's, funny, it's funny that it, it is actually genuine information. It does genuinely take it from the database. It's not just made up like people think. Oh, so. Excellent. And, um, and the reviews system, sorry, is that um, made by Xcart or is that a third party plugin they've integrated? Well, we so we use Trustpilot um, as the ind- independent one, but people also review on our website, and we oh, had Xcart right. uh, copy. I gave, I wrote out the specs of. I wanted it to look like Amazon's because people are used to Amazon, and they know how it works. They know what it means. So I thought, oh, we'll have that. So we have, we have Trustpilot as independent and our own, and we don't edit reviews. We do not delete bad reviews because um we like well that's wrong i was gonna say we like bad reviews but <laughs> it's helpful to occasionally have a bad review so that people 
can see that you don't delete bad reviews. Yeah, then they're more likely to believe the good ones if they can see a bad one and go, okay, they probably didn't write these all themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and what's the what? What does your team look like, John? Is it just you, or have you got? You know, you are you doing a lot in the business at the moment, or are you kind of just watching the guys at work? Gosh, no, I don't do anything. The <laughs> um, the team. When you said, yeah, what do they look like? I was going to describe them to you. But, uh, but <laughs> there's there's around, I'm going to say there's about 12, and this shows how little I do. Um, I have, over the years, I have systemized the business. So we have, like I say, our own building with offices and a warehouse. We stock the goods and send them out the next day. And I've um, systemized the business and brought in management so that the business is not dependent on me because I spend every other month out of the country and I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to have a business dependent on me. And that's why I sold, remember I said I sold that original one because mm. I didn't like running a business. I decided the next one, not going to make that mistake. So uh, so I have management and I just pop along when I'm in the country on Thursday mornings for um, a couple of meetings, one with my finance manager and one with my general manager. And and. I don't run the meetings. It's their meeting. I turn up. They have to have an agenda and they report to me and tell me stuff. But I still act as the, uh, what do you call it? Like, like the, you know, I'm the guide, the, someone said visionary, but I think that might be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> you're but, uh, you're in charge of the strategy. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's my job. So if there's some new marketing angle, then I'll learn about it. I'll bring it to a meeting and and then let the team run with it. Cool. So I think a lot of people listening will be like, oh, wow, how did you manage that? So have you got a few kind of key key ideas for how someone might start systematizing their business to that point? What are the first steps? What's the first thing they should look at systematizing? Because it's probably not making sure the kitchen's stocked with tea and coffee. No. Yeah, a lot of people would think, right, start writing stuff out but it's mm. not as simple as that my uh, funny enough this question came up at a mastermind i was at yesterday yeah. so I'm, i've got the answer ready but uh, <laughs> but m- where i would start with you is unless you personally want to write every single system and process out and there's probably going to be a few hundred um there'll be way more than you think then you need your your staff or your team to be involved and for that reason you need what I would call buy-in. And in your whole business, hopefully, you have a why for your business. You are doing it. It's just I had nothing to do, so I set up a company. There must be a reason why you started it and why you started doing this. So in your mind, when you're lying awake at night thinking, this is, how, this is what I'm doing, this is how it looks, this is where, you know, where I buy the Ferrari and the boat and everything because it all went to plan. If you can... If you can communicate that vision to your staff so that they buy into the same vision, then they start to understand why it is and that they don't just have a job. And you start to get a company culture. People aren't just coming to work for the sake of a of a paycheck. They, there's a bit more to it. And then once you get that, you can start to involve them and explain why you want to write out processes, what it would mean, how it will help them. And then you'll find that they will want to be involved. And if you have all your team writing out those processes, 
it goes very quickly because every single thing you do at the moment is a process. You you actually have all of those processes. You just don't have them written, written down. There is a process for how you open the building up in the morning, how you answer the phone, how you package a, something. You already do it. You just haven't got it written down. It's just a case of then working through the most important, the most common ones, and it's, it's ongoing. But once everyone else is doing it for you, it goes very quick. It's a bit like uh, the old uh, phrase, um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And you can write all the beautiful how-to guides and system process manuals you like. But if the team aren't built, bought into it, they're mm. not they're going to, you can show them the manual, but they're not going to read it and they're not going to use it. So I, I really like that. You inspire the team to understand why and then get them to do the work, which yeah. gives them the ownership and therefore means it's all going to happen. And, and they're, um, the management or the team leaders or supervisors, whatever you call them, because any, um, any one person can only have really up to about five people reporting to them. Then it gets a bit too many. Their, their job is to manage the processes and to decide what needs improving. We, we operate on two states in our business. We have good enough for now and better. And everything, everything is good enough for now, and it can be, but it can be improved. And that's in life, in business, in everything. And, and another thing we communicate to staff is that they can't do anything wrong. They, they have to be empowered to make decisions, and no decision is wrong. And no one's going to criticise them. They will figure it out for themselves like they do when they bring up kids at home. Yep, it's all, it's all doable, isn't it? Yeah, you just, uh, you just need to regard your staff or your team as like you rather than people below you. And then uh, once you're all on the same wavelength, same page, life is so much easier. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, John, what would you say is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Um, probably that, that it is self-managing and, and in addition, self-marketing. I mean, I, I'm the guard, uh, guide and my staff run a very tight ship, but, but they, they decide what needs to be done. I don't have to send them emails or I, I don't look at things and say, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong. They, there's lots of things that go on and I wouldn't even know because I don't need to know. And that is fantastic. So you mentioned earlier that you're the, the strategy guy who's bringing the new marketing ideas to the table. And we've talked about the fact that the products are grudge purchases, which is a great phrase for them. How do you go about marketing the business? Because clearly you've done that pretty well because you've got it up to that 2 million turnover mark. The, um, we, use uh, google adwords heavily i mean that's not going away but unfortunately google adwords is good for google not always good for us um, there are terms <laughs> that we used to pay 70p for uh, that we now pay four quid for uh, we don't get any more business out of it we just make less money and that's that's what's going to happen google makes more money but but the more people try to compete with you, it puts it up. So you have to find other ways. Now, what we specialize in, we, we use content marketing and we communicate with our customers. So what we do is we do a lot uh, uh, to convert our customers from, a one, from making a purchase to making a repeat purchase to becoming regular buyers. And that, for me, is would be the number one if if you ask for a traffic generation tip or anything, I would say 
make the most of your existing customers. Build a relationship after the sale is made. Everyone makes so much effort to get a customer and then beyond the automated, thank you, here's your receipt, it was shipped, here's your tracking code, <laughs> that's it. But that is the time you start. Make um, Treat it like a, a first date if you want to see the person again and do that kind of stuff. Over the next 100 days, impress them and do anything to make them buy again. And then when they've bought again, do anything to make them buy again. Because when they become regular uh, or repeat customers, you can they then trust you, they like you, and you can ask for referrals. And if your customers will do your selling for you, again, makes life a lot easier. Oh, John, you're a man after my own heart. Um, that's, but I want to dive into a couple of the bits you talked about there. Mm-hmm. So the content focus, are you mainly putting content on your website or are you seeding it into other places, be that via guest blogging or article writing or any of those other myriad things that can be done? We do a little bit of article placement, but there aren't enough places to take our information. Not not that is that helpful. Um SEO has changed a bit and and guest posting has changed a little. So we don't have as many options of places to place the information. So what we do is instead of creating posts, we create valuable content. So we create what we call consumer guides and for niches. So if you wanted, if you were in, I don't know, the hotel or hospitality industry and wanted to know all the fire safety for hospitality Mm. we would produce a guide that you can download and uh, obviously become a member of our list and uh, and that's the kind of content that we do stuff that is useful that that people would almost be prepared to pay for excellent um so it's about the stuff that's mainly primarily what's happening on your website are you Mm. then doing much in the way of social media to encourage people to to look at that or is it just because it's such a grudge purchase social media is a bit of a waste of effort we actually do social media and we're probably we probably have the largest followings on on uh, twitter and facebook but Mm. um facebook's a laugh because that obviously nobody sees that like one person a month sees your face <laughs> on facebook but unless uh, you pay them <laughs> well they're going yeah, the way of google we've not yet found a way to make facebook ads effective for hours but one of the problems with our products is people don't really research it in far in advance you don't like say a car or holiday or even at tv people tend to look up when they need to buy it right now yeah. And uh, but we will we do use social media and we are very active. Uh, we efficiently use the tools and we share our articles. So we have a we have a, an in-house content marketing team. We have an in-house staff writer. And that's, by the way, one thing I would strongly recommend is uh, is hire your own writer and you get much better content. So we do have articles galore, but we put most of our efforts these days into creating these guides and then we try and promote those we we do do um outreach uh so we we actively um go looking for people who may wish to share our articles and things so does that mean kind of looking for other people talking about similar topics on twitter and asking them to retweet is it as simple as that um that using tools like um buzz sumo um we, we actually use uh, um, what's it called? Outreach Ninja. Um, but there are other tools, uh, Content 
marketer.io. So uh, tools that specifically look for people that have shared similar types of things before. Because if people, if you can find who has shared similar stuff before and ask them, would they like to look at yours? You'd be amazed how much easier that is. It's just talking to the converted is always a better idea than talking to the masses, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's time we move into the top tips round. So, John, I love this session, section even. Oh, wow. Tongue tied there. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some great ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Ooh. Now, most people who know me would think I'm going to say the E-Myth, as I owe so much, but that's boring because I'm going to assume everybody has read the E-Myth. If they shouldn't, they should turn off the thing now and go and read it. So <laughs> so I'm going to say Built to Sell by John Warrillow. Oh, it's a brilliant book. It it just it just gives a great explanation of to how why you should simplify and systemize your business. And for those of you out there who've read and loved The Automatic Customer, that is also by John Warrillow. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So um, Built to Sell was the one he wrote beforehand. So he's a fantastic guy, really, really knows what he's talking about. And it's a great book. Great, great recommendation. Um, next up then, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, pretty much the one I said earlier, making the most of existing customers. Uh, you hear about the 80-20 rule where 80% of your income comes from 20% of your customers. It's probably 90-10, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but but just do everything to love your existing customers. Send them a handwritten card. And you think, oh, how am I going to get around to that? Well, just do it. <laughs> Um, it, it's not that hard unless you've got unless you're at Amazon. That'd be a bit tricky. But <laughs> make the most of your existing customers. Ask them for referrals, and ask them. You know, base all your surveys on them. Ask them for stuff. They'll love. They'll love it when you talk to them. Yeah, it's, it's such a powerful thing, isn't it? Because it's you both make them feel better because they get to contribute, and you learn more. That makes your business better as well. It's like yeah. it's like a multi-win for everybody. And you don't need to be scared because they are buying from you all the time, so they do like you. So then, if they're going to tell yeah. you something bad, they still like you. It's, it's <laughs> going to help you. So don't be scared. Exactly. Um, the tool top tip next then, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day or even you and your team more efficient in your absence, I suppose? Uh, I, the, the one I would recommend because it's not so well known helps with the processes and systemization. Uh, because a lot of people just use spreadsheets or Word, but there is this one's free and it's called Process Street, and you'll find it at process.st. It is clever. If any, if you know Trello or something like mm-hmm. that, I mean they actually use Trello as well themselves. But uh, but it it's a similar thing in that it looks like you have to pay for it, but it's it's free. It's it's just really clever for setting up your processes. So that's literally a tool for. If you want to pick and pack, here's the way we go about doing it. Here's how you put a post on the and all those little quick job yeah. flows are in there. Well, the other thing is a lot of there are existing examples of other people's processes you can oh, share. Wow. And so so there's content distribution, uh, podcasting, how to podcast, how to distribute your podcast and all that. They already have all that. So a lot of it is already there. You can use it and share. 
Oh, wow. That's one I'll be checking out later. <laughs> uh, then the startup top tip. John, if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first piece of advice for them? Other than don't start a fire safety one, please. <laughs> um, and, and other than make sure you have money to invest because it's not actually free to work online like it like some yeah. people make it sound okay uh, i would say when you start it's going to be a lot to do so niche down and then niche down again you can expand your range later um and so start concentrate on one area and make sure it's something that you enjoy don't don't decide oh i want to sell interior decor if you can't stand interior decor stuff you know do something that you're going to enjoy and i mean i i don't like love fire extinguishers and things it's just i've been doing it for years so i know everything about them but when i first started i just had enough fire extinguishers and then i added other bits and pieces gradually and now we have a couple of thousand odd so that that would be my advice and I'm guessing you added those other product lines on the basis of what the customers wanted, not just on the basis of John's whims. Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously it helped that if our suppliers already supplied that kind of stuff. But yeah, the stuff that people asked for, um, asked, do you do this? Do you do that? Kept a record of that and just started adding them. And, and, and there's nothing better than adding a new product and having it get a, a sell on the first day or the second day. You think, yes. One of those marvellous marketing communications. We listened to you and we've now got this in stock. Please buy it. <laughs> Watch them spike up. Okay, well, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 73. What I also need to add into that is a few more details from you, John. So before we say goodbye, can you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? The the website, uh, for those of you in the UK, is fireprotectiononline.co.uk. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, beware of similar sounding imitations. There are others. They're not us. <laughs> and for social media, um, you don't really want to get all our fire and safety stuff. So, uh, so I have uh, another one. Which So if you go to my other site, because I uh, give some marketing tips out so oh, go excellent. to marketingforowners.com and you'll find all the links to um uh, to more useful uh social media it's probably better to follow uh, follow me there Cool, because um, I should let all the listeners know, John is a podcaster in his own right, producing some great quality shows. And they can find all of that at marketingforowners.com, John? Yes, and, it, and if you desperately, desperately, desperately want to learn a bit more about marketing about the way I do it. I have a, um, a a course at freemarketingcourse.co. Easy one. Oh, nice URL. Mm. It's not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, def I would be holding on to that one if I had it. Um, okay, so everybody, uh, well, I'll add the links to all of that and everything else we talked about in today's episode to the show notes. Masterplan World, those are at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 73 or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. John, thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing so many great tips of your experience of how to grow a business really big whilst not really having to spend too much time in it, which is something we all need to learn more about, I, th I think. So thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Really good fun. Thank you. 
Well, so hands up who now wants to go and systematise their business and cut themselves back to just Thursday mornings each week. Wow, how cool would that be? Um, And for those of you who really liked what John was saying around uh, the customer retention piece, so first-time buyers to repeat buyers to regular buyers, that is outlined in great detail in my brand new book, Customer Manipulation. And you can get that on all the Amazon platforms, but you can also get the first chapter completely for free at customermanipulation.com. So head over there to get yourself started on that journey. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.